someone's going to get offended. It's just the way the world works. So to hopefully save everyone a little time and or energy, here's this. The opinions that you hear are those of the host and callers, and not those of iHeartMedia, its management, or advertisers. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the Phillips File, broadcasting high atop the iHeartMedia complex on WTKS-FM, HD1, Cocoa Beach, Orlando. Available anywhere you go on the iHeartRadio app. Download it now. Groundbreaking. Critically acclaimed. And now, The Phillips File. All right, here we go. Hold your ears, folks. It's showtime. It is. Hello there. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome. It is a Wednesday edition of the Phillips File. This one for Wednesday. That's March 28th, the year 2018. Good afternoon, everybody. On Wednesdays, uh, we dispel with uh, the usual intro and go right into the heart of the matter. This is interview number five as the Phillips File takes the first 30 minutes of the program every Wednesday to focus on the opioid crisis here in Central Florida. The first three interviews were with addicts and recovering addicts. Last week, we talked with Carol Burkett, who is the chairman of the Orange County Drug Task Force. Our pleasure today to speak with Beverly Hernandez. Beverly is with an organization called The Addicts Mom, with over 95,000 members nationwide. Beverly, welcome to the program. It's good to see you. Thank you so much, Tim. It's good to be here. All right, let's talk about, first of all, let's talk about, let's get the background on on this organization called the Addicts Mom. What, what is this all about? When was it organized and, uh, and, and why? Sure thing. Um, about eight years ago, our founder, Barbara Theodosio, found that she had two sons that were addicted to, um, to opioids. And, um, well, in her need for care and compassion and support, she found she didn't have any. So that's pretty much how we were born. Um, aside from that, three years ago, her son Daniel passed away. So she's been even more on on file to try to get things going and to try to reach out and advocate. She started this organization because her son was having problems at the time. Did she know that or did she or she was or was she just aware that there were things happening and she wanted to help out the community or help out the state, whatever the case might be? Uh, she had two sons that were addicted. Yes. Okay. Mm hmm. And was she having problems finding oh, resources to deal with this? Oh, yeah. She couldn't get a bed. She had her own, you know, PR firm that was successful and beautiful woman. And she was bedbound. I mean, this totally takes a toll on your whole psyche. Right. What was what happened to her sons? Were, did, did, were they able to recover? Were they able to get away from this? What was the what was the outcome of their sons or sons addictions? Uh, one passed away, Daniel sadly, three years ago, and the other one is uh, recovered. Okay. Mm-hmm. So she started this this group, The Addict's Mom, and how did how did this take off? You now have 95,000 members. This is nationwide, not just the state of Florida. I don't know how many you might have in the state of Florida. This is global. It is global. Oh, yes. This is nationwide. This is Canada and international in Europe. Mm-hmm. Okay. So The Addict's Mom does what? We offer support resources. Um, basically, we're just one big community where if you have a loved one, a family member, um, a mother, father, sibling, grandparent, we even have support groups for incarcerated 
if your children are addicted, incarcerated, grandparents. Um, we have just so many groups uh, now that we reach out to. But we are here basically to offer support and a shoulder and to let people know that you're not alone and we're here for you. Are you somewhat of a clearinghouse where people say, you know, because I would imagine, and you can set me straight if I don't know what I'm talking about, <laughs> which is usually the case. But is it a clearinghouse where people, I would imagine people, I have this problem, or I have that problem, or I can't find uh, funding for, I can't find, it, you know, insurance doesn't cover uh, my, my, one of my kids who's addicted, or I can't <clears throat> find the proper uh, uh, rehab facility. I mean, what is, the, what is the biggest concern that you see coming in for, from people who are contacting the addict's mom? What is, what is their biggest problem and or concern? Well, Jim, it's a little bit of everything. They come for all of that, but mostly they come to a private, closed place where they can vent, where they are no longer alone, where you have been. That's one of the biggest things in this whole ordeal with having a loved one that's an addict is isolation. The stigma is horrible. And people think your child is dirty and they're this and they're that. And what it comes down to is our children are just like everybody else. They're talented, they're beautiful, they're loved. And when that happens to us, we feel so alone. Families dissipate. You know, a lot of times the mother and the father will fight over things. Mm -hmm. uh, other family members won't come around. Friends scatter. You know, nobody wants to be, you know, in the stigma. So we are a place where they can come and they, they just vent. They can just talk about whatever they want to talk about. And there's so many people that have walked their shoes. Now, do you have, I mean, are these, when you, when you say they can vent, do they get together in, in, at a place or is this essentially venting through Facebook attachments or, I mean, how do, how do they, how do you, how do they do that? Is it, I mean, when you're, when you're part of a 12 step program, let's say AA, you go someplace, there's always someplace you can go at any time of day in your community you can go there and you stand up or, you know, get that help you need. In this particular case, is it, what is it? Is it I can get a hold of somebody across the country and vent to them? Or do they have sponsors? Do you have places where people meet? This is primarily Facebook. Primarily Facebook. We have, okay. We have a closed group where you can come and join. Okay. And then nothing that you say in that group will be known by anyone. And we also have a public group where you can come. And that gets 2 million views a week, mm -hmm. our, fan, our public fan page. And then we have a, a Facebook group, closed Facebook group for every state. Then we have one for Canada. We have one for international. And then we have all the subgroups as well. Grieving moms, moms who have lost their children. I mean, that's a big one that's really close to my heart. So... We Tell have, me how. I mean, close to your well, heart. How, how I, so? I found this group because I was just like Barbara. I was alone. I had nobody. And my son is an addict. And you live with the fear every day that you're going to get that phone call. Right. That phone call that everyone dreads. And then you have everybody. Your son is still with us. My son is still here, yes. And he's he, is he recovered? He's incarcerated? <clears throat> he was in recovery for two and a half years. And then uh, he relapsed about five weeks ago when mm -hmm. my mom died. No excuse. So um, he's walking his path now, and I have found my recovery, and that's what this is so great about. I'm an addict as well. I'm addicted to my addict, to my child. Okay. So I have to find my recovery. When you found, when you discovered that your son was an addict, I, I mean, if you, if you, if I get too deep and oh, too no. personal, you just tell me to take a flying leap. <laughs> <clears throat> but I'll probably continue anyway. Uh, uh, walk me, talk, talk the audience through that process of when you found out. Did you have suspicions? 
did he come to you and say, Mom, I've got a problem? Was there, I mean, did it first come to, to light? Was he arrested? I mean, what happened here? Okay, so um, my husband is uh, law enforcement mm-hmm. and very strict. And uh, it started out in high school, <clears throat> excuse me, with my son uh, using marijuana, things like that. It was, with him, it wasn't a pill addiction or anything. It was his friends, the people he was hanging out with. Right. And that progressed very quickly from marijuana to opioids, um, uh, shooting pain pills, because they can melt those down too, just as much, and um, Xanax. That's a horrible thing. Xanax, all those things. Right. And then it uh, progressed into heroin. And then from heroin, it went basically everywhere. And this came to your attention how? Um, I remember uh, catching him smoking weed in my house. Mm -hmm. And, of course, I went off on him. And, uh, oh, I don't like it, I don't like it, I don't like it, and I'm going to stop. Well, then I kind of let it go there. I just figured maybe it was, you know, experimenting or whatever. So then comes, you know, I get a phone call from my nephew that says, hey, I saw your son in a party, you know, in the bathroom shooting up. And I didn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. No, not my son, no way. And then I started watching, and it was very evident. They start losing the weight. They start turning different, you know, their whole skin takes on a whole different color. The way they act, they're hateful. They're stealing. He starts stealing, you know, all these things. And then I realized I have this horrible problem on my hands, mm-hmm. and I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. So what do I do? And there was no one to tell me what to do. I had to figure it out myself. And, and what did you do? I started looking. I mean, how long did this go on before um, eventually, I mean, something happened? Probably a year, and then it started getting so bad that I had to kick him out. How about guilt? Oh, 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 that's the worst. Because not only do you feel guilty, that's your child. We're mama bears. We're supposed to, we are predestined to take care of our children. Are you going through one of those, what did I do wrong? Oh, yes. I must have done something of wrong. Of course. I, what did I do wrong? How did I raise him wrong? He had. He was medium, middle class, beautiful looking Hollister type boy, mm-hmm. beautiful personality, creative, loved by everyone. Why? Why me? Why him? Yeah. By him. That's what he would, you know. And I would say, why did this happen? And, and, uh, a lot of times this turns psychological, Jim. A lot of times it's psychological things. It's not always sure. they're you know addicted to a pain pill and trying to come off. It's psychological. And just like an alcoholic picks up a drink. What would he say to you? He said, what's the problem? What, how did this happen? When you finally get to that point where you're saying, how did, how did this happen? How did you get to this place? Was it, I would imagine a lot of it with parents, is it me? Did I, did I do something wrong? And I would, I would suspect the, the answer most of the time is you didn't do anything wrong. No. Mom, Dad, didn't you didn't do anything pills. wrong. No, as a matter of fact, I um, I was just the opposite. You know, I was a very good mom, and I was very supportive. And today, mm-hmm. as long as he's clean, I have my boundaries. I'm a supportive as well. I don't enable. I'm working my recovery. He's choosing his path that he's walking, and that's the path he's walking. And it's my minding my own business. It's his road. To, it's his road to travel. Now, you said that your son had been. He's been. He's incarcerated now. At the moment, yes. Because of drug possession? Oh, no. Uh, last week he decided, um, I know you talk about heroin a lot in the opioids, yeah, but right. on the other side, the medically assisted you know, treatment, the mat, they can abuse that as well. Okay. And so he was taking Xanax and Suboxone and Clonopin and mixing this all together until he went into an Adderall. Adderall's a bad one. He went into psychosis, and he thought people were chasing him, trying to kill him. So he's in Tallahassee. Well, he ended up in Georgia on a high-speed chase with himself. Okay. And he called me in the middle of it. Okay. Hi, Mom. I'm, you know, I'm, he's screaming and freaking out, and I don't know where I am, and people are going to kill me, and I just want to tell you I love you. And how do you act like that? And this is the fourth call like this I've gotten. This, this must be first. exhausting. It's so exhausting. It totally can, deli- 
can just tear you down in every single way, shape and form, to where you don't want to get out of bed, to where you don't know how you're going to make it through the day. Put aside your other family, your other children you might have to take care of, or your spouse, a job, you know, how do you even do with these things? But there is recovery. As an addict's mom, as a person who loves an addict, there is recovery. We, too, have to recover because we are addicted to our loved ones. Beverly Hernandez is our guest. She is with the Addict's Mom. We're going to take a little break. We have to. We have those commercial obligations to take care of. We'll continue our conversation with Beverly when we come back. It's the Phillips File on Real Radio 104.1. iHeartRadio is the easy-to-use app for music and radio. Download the free iHeartRadio app today. Phillips File for our Wednesday. Every Wednesday on the Phillips File this year, we're spending 30 to 40 minutes uh, right off the bat the first hour uh, focusing on the opioid crisis here in uh, Central Florida. This is interview number five. We've uh, talked to addicts, recovering addicts. Uh, last week, we talked to the chairman of the Orange County Drug Task Force, and uh, Beverly Hernandez is with us today. She is with an organization called the Addicts Mom with over 95,000 members, I guess worldwide now, right? Is it nationwide or worldwide? Worldwide. worldwide. And this, uh, from what we can gather, and tell me if I'm off base here, it, it seems to me it's a network, it's a coalition of people on Facebook who can connect with other people as it relates to their children who are addicts or maybe even uh, mothers and fathers of children who have passed who are willing and able to provide some information maybe to new people who are joining, essentially saying, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to turn. I need I need some help. You describe your situation with your son who's now incarcerated when this all began. You didn't know what to do. You didn't have a clue. That's right. We're a community, um, a community of a, a lot of closed Facebook groups, which you can post and, and offer encouragement and love and support. And it goes way beyond just the mother now since we've grown so much. We, you know, we have a, a group for the dads. We have a group for mm-hmm. mothers of incarcerated children. We have a siblings group. We have a grandparents group who are raising their grandchildren for whatever reason. Right. Um, we have the grieving moms, and you know that's just so sad. It's it's, it's horrible. It happens every day, and it's just um, it's unneeded. We need to do something to fix this problem. Let, let me get to this before I, I I forget and and let you go. And how do, how does anybody join this organization or connect with 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 this with this group, the Addicts Mom. Okay, so you go to Facebook. We all, well, first we have a website which is addictsmom.com. Okay, and you'll find resources there. We have online Narnon meetings that I facilitate okay. and a couple others. So you can come there for free. You can go to Narnon meetings if there's none in your area. Three times a week. That's Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday. Tuesday and Thursday at eight p.m. and Saturday at nine p.m. Mm-hmm. We have resources. When we get scholarships, we'll put that out there for, you know, if you need a scholarship for your child. Um, we have just our, our moms are a lot of mama bears, and we have just so many resources. We do events like Lights of Hope where we come together once a year in September all over the globe, right. even here in Orlando. And we light candle candlelight vigils and remember anyone who's been a, uh, affected or touched by addiction, um, we come and we, we give time for that. We, we attend the Fed Up rally in Washington every year, march right on the Capitol. I would imagine with the Facebook group, mm-hmm. no matter, you probably, people who are members of the Addicts Mom, I would imagine they've heard it all. Oh. So anybody who's joining for the first time said, I, I don't know, I don't have an answer. I would imagine that there's one of the 95,000 who say, I got the answer, been there, done that, I got that t-shirt. 
what's the question because I got the answer. There's 20,000 what those answers. Okay. And let me tell you, when the new person comes in, we wrap our arms around them and we blanket them and we take them under our wing and we support them and we love them and we help them through the worst times of their life. And if you want to join our groups, it's The Addicts Mom on Facebook. Just do a search in groups. The Addicts Mom, there's a, a public group and a closed group. So if you're worried about your privacy, mm-hmm. um, then join the closed group. And then we all talk in there and everything, and nothing can be seen on your page by anyone else. What's the biggest uh, burden that, uh, let's say, parents carry when when their children are addicts? Is it guilt? It's guilt. It's fear. Every second of every day, we're afraid we're going to get that call. The call. Right. And, uh, And it's guilt. And it's it's uh, isolation. The isolation is horrible, Joe. I mean, you are utterly alone. You feel utterly alone. No one else in the world understands what you're going through, and you don't know how to fix it. And the truth is, you can't fix it. Well, those I would imagine most people don't. I mean, if somebody came to me and said, "You know, Jim, my 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 boy is that the," I said, "I don't know what to do." At least now I know. Well, one of the things you can do is contact the addict's mom. You can join sure. that. But I mean, by and large. <laughs> We don't, we don't know what to do. We, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't have a clue. I well, wouldn't know where to start. I mean, I can start with your group, but you, you know what I mean. Other than that, like, what can we do? And, it's, and most people, do, are people still carrying a stereotype of, oh, your son's an addict, meaning you're essentially, he's just, you know, not yours in particular, but I mean, this was a loser. And it's not my problem. That's your problem, not mine. When, in effect, it's really all of our problem. Um, it's addict is a dirty word to many. It's a stigma and it should not be a stigma because these are children from all races, all ethnicities, all social standings, mm-hmm. the wealthy to the poor. It, addiction doesn't discriminate. It's everywhere. And anyone can fall into it just that easy. All you do is, Hey, I took this, I experimented. I liked it. Here I go. And what it comes down to Jim is what people don't realize is it's a disease. The American Metal Association, 1955, said it's a progressive, incurable disease. And how it works is like this. Think of diabetes, a lot type 2 diabetes. You know, I'm a big girl. So if I eat a lot of sugar, I can get diabetes. Now it's a disease, okay? In the mind of an addict, it chemically alters your brain. So when you try to come off of, you know, the, the drug of choice that you have or whatever, for the first 45 days, the frontal lobe isn't even repaired yet so your reasoning is gone there is no reasoning none for the first 45 days Mm -hmm. then for the next three to six months the rest of your brain will try to recuperate and then for sometimes up to a year after that you have to change your way as an addict you have to you know the self the self-serving right away and and all these things it's a long process and if you don't want it you're not gonna change there are estimates that uh nationwide I've heard anywhere from 80 to 130 Americans are dying every day from some form of opioid addiction. This doesn't even count the number of times 911 is called to, and, and people are saved through various processes. But, I mean, let's say it's 115 a day. In your experience with the addict's mom getting the responses you get, is the problem static? Is it getting better or is it getting worse? I hate to say it's getting worse, and I think it's going to get worse until we get better. Do you? And, and to get better, you have to start in so many different ways. I mean, that's a whole different show in itself, I really believe. <laughs> to get better, to get better, 
you have to have more funding. You have to have more beds, more treatment. Um, you can go right now, if you have a loved one in your life, and you might not know this, if you have a loved one in your life that's an opioid addict, you can go to CVS Pharmacy right now and you can get naloxone. They will okay. give it to you without a prescription. Okay. I didn't know that. Yes. So therefore, um, and I believe that's nationwide now. So if you have insurance, your insurance will probably pay for it if you let them know you have an addict. And so this is for, this is essentially for parents who's, who's, who's somebody yeah. who's for someone who overdoses in their house. That's right. They have a life saving. There's a lot of people that, that won't kick their children out. There's right. a lot of people that'll that'll let them live there still, and um, and so therefore, if you wake up in the morning and you know there they are, it might take two, three, four shots of Narcan. I was listening last week to you, and it's true, because they're overdosing so you know so heavily. And there's so many people who, you know, we, we get texts and calls all the time after these interviews. I'm having a hard time finding somebody to help me. I mean, we have, now have you where there's now, okay, this is a springboard to, to help people jumpstart, you know, finding a, a solution to a problem. But at least in your view, and I'm not saying you know everything, but in your view, what's the, what's the best road for recovery for your children, can you say I, I? Is it I don't have an answer for that because for, children, children and their addictions vary. I mean, I might approach it one way, but you need, might want to approach it a different way. Okay, so for our addicts to recover, or yeah, for us to yeah. I mean, if somebody said, "Look, my son, sure. or my daughter is addicted. Uh, you've been this way for I don't know where to turn. I don't know you know. I'm now turning to you." What do you think I should do? I, or you know, we get people say, "I don't know what to do. I don't have any insurance. I can't. I can't. You know." get my, my, my kid into a, a rehab facility, a recovery facility, what do you do? There are some free, long-term, amazing facilities. Troza is one of them. Faith Farms here in Florida. There's three, I think, three Faith Farms here in Florida. It's a long, year-long program, um, but it's spiritual-based. They also teach the addict how to, um, they have each different, one's mechanics, one's you know agriculture, different uh, job-related skills. And it's long-term, and it's strict, but if you want to change, it's there. You can find it. But my way of approaching this, my and, and you're right, and the reason that it's different for everyone is because people are different. Everyone thinks different on these terms. You you and your husband disagree oh, a yes. little bit on the best way to approach your son's addiction. Am, am I correct in that observation? Not anymore, but yes. Before I found recovery for myself, yes. Well, you we wrestle him to the ground, what'd you do? Pull his ear, no, pull his he, hair, what'd you he, do to him? And, <laughs> and, the, and the fact about it, I hate to... No, one, no so woman I'm not, wants... I'm not cooking for you anymore? What no, was it? No woman wants to say, my husband's right. <laughs> but I have to say, my husband was right. And once Meaning. we got on the, same, on the same unified front, and I realized, that I have to let my son be himself, and he has to take responsibility for his own actions because he started using drugs on his own. He's going to have to crawl out of that pit. We on heard his that own. from from some of the from, from some of the addicts on the program, where they said, you know, we just had to make let that us decision alone. Let our, us own. Do our thing. That's you know, right. instead of you know our parents or friends enabling us, we just have to hit that wall in some form or fashion and make that decision to go forward with it. And you have to mean it, and you have yeah. to want it. And Jack has a has a sure. question for you, Beverly. Beverly, so you uh, say that you and your husband have now come together. What was your way of thinking before that you had to, that you changed your mind on on how to approach your son or how to handle your son? Well, I thought I was Mama Bear. I could fix him. I fixed everything. I'm the mom. You right. know, I'm the mom. I could fix everything. Yes, I know him best. Um, he's stepdad, and I'm mom, and, and I just know my son, and I could do everything. I could help him, and and I didn't want the whole. You know, everybody in the family had 
had shunned him and turned him away, and I was the only one that he had. And if I was afraid if I turned my back on him, he's going to you know either commit suicide or whatever. And and I didn't want that guilt. And then I realized that nothing I do is going to make a difference. When did that realization kick in? Um, I found, and why? Was there yes, something that happened or said, you know something, the way I was thinking about this is 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 not the right way to think about this? What happened in your case? I found Tam, which is the addict's mom. We call it Tam, T-A-M, Tam. Right, the addict's so, mom. So I found Tam, and shortly after I found Tam, I found Narnon. And that, that again is what? Life changer saved my life. Both of those together saved my life. Okay. Because I would have, um, I had anxiety. I have PTSD. Most people who love an addict, especially mothers, have PTSD. You don't find your child overdosed that many times and not get some form of PTSD. We have anxiety. We have, you know, sometimes you can't get out of bed, you can't function. And I was going down that road. And I had already been admitted to the hospital a few times for a panic disorder. Sure. So I had to do something. So with Addict's mom and with the love and the encouragement and support and the kindness of these beautiful women, I learned that I could be strong. And I learned everything I had tried had failed, Jim, everything. And I had tried everything. Bankrupt, we were in bankruptcy because I pay for all these treatments and everything. Mm-hmm. Everything I tried failed. And then I found Addict's mom and then I found Narnon. And together I learned that I can be happy no matter what my addict is doing because it's his choice ultimately. Right. Where do you think this is going to go from? I mean, I talked to you. You think it's going to get it worse before it gets better. Well, I think we need. What do you think? I mean, is there any. There's two different. You have to hold out hope, I'm sure. Yes. But at the same time, yeah, we, we, whether it's through this program or the news, we we continue to. Do you get the idea? Because I do. And maybe I'm way off base on this. I don't watch a lot of news anymore, local news. But do you get the idea that, okay, for a while, uh, the news, uh, the media was focusing a lot of attention on this and they've kind of moved on. I get that idea that this is not, this is not center most in their, in their, in their thinking as far as what they want to cover. And it's a major, major problem of affecting negatively every community in the United States. They have touched on the opioids. What they failed to do was touch on everything else, which is just as dangerous. The meth. There's no help for meth. There's no uh, Vivitrol. There's no aid in coming down off of meth. There's no long-term anything. I mean, there's so many things for opioids right now. There's a, a year-long matchstick you can get put in your in your arm, and it'll block your opioid receptors for a year. It's wonderful. Meth, there's nothing. Nothing. And we've they heard that meth is making a comeback. Oh, I mean, sure. Adderall, got, all up and down things. and up and down. Xanax is horrible, too. They overdose on that all right. the time. So they failed to bring into the account the whole other spectrum that's out there. Right. And if they're going to change this, we need more funding. We need, we need people to stop thinking that addicts are dirty and it's a stigma, and we need them to help. Mm-hmm. We need to start teaching our children. And this is where it's going to help at from a young age that this is there. Spend more time with your kids. Talk to your kids. Show you, don't be afraid to show your kids that this is out there. Because if you don't start when they're young, this is what you're going to have. Look at your crystal ball. What do you think is going to happen with your son? Or, or, or would you say, I can't do that? I, I, I can't. I don't know. I'm only lucky in one aspect. My son is what I would call soft. He won't live on the streets for long. When he gets out of jail, he'll probably go back to treatment. Will he mean it? Will it be because he wants to get better? Probably not. I can pray and my higher power, and I give him to, to God every day. 
and pray that he's going to find his recovery and it's going to be wonderful because I want wonderful things for him. But if he doesn't, Jim, I know that I did the best I could and I did mm-hmm. everything I can and ultimately it's his choice. I barely got about one more minute to spend with you. I could spend hours and hours and hours, but you know what we have to do. So tell everybody again about uh, the Addicts Mom and how they can how they can contact this organization and how they can become involved. You can join our website, addictsmom.com, okay. and there's resources there and everything. You can go to Facebook, searching groups for the Addicts Mom. You'll find the closed group and the public group. If you want to join the closed group, that's where you're going to be able to share and talk and meet people in private, and, and you're not going to you know be out there. And also... For all your specialty groups like Florida Chapter and and, mm-hmm. uh, and the grandparents and the grieving and the incarcerated and siblings, dads, you'll look TAM, T-A-M, and then you'll see, just search TAM, and you'll find all of our subgroups. There you go. That's a great first step. Thanks for uh, joining. You're a wonderful person, and thanks for joining us, and we wish you all the best of, of luck, you know, as this progresses down the road. Thanks Thank for you for joining you. us. God bless. There you go. That's uh, Beverly Hernandez. She is with the Addicts Mom. 95,000 members all over the place, and uh, the Addicts Mom might be able to help you out as well. We'll take a little break, come back, other things to do, of course. It's a Wednesday edition of the Phillips File on Real Radio 104.1.